All right, so Luke chapter 11, let's uh, start in verse number 1. And uh, if you're there, say amen. And it came to pass that as he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, here on earth as it is in heaven, or as in heaven so in earth. Give us uh, day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Brother Donnie, would you pray? Lord, thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. Thank you for this <clears throat> opportunity that you've given us, Lord. Yes. Thank you for the the world, the hustle and bustle, Lord. Let us step into your spiritual. Yes. Lord, receiving our hearts the word of the hour for us, our lives. And I thank you for all the praise and all the glory. Thank Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Donnie. Thank you once again, everyone, for being here. Thank you for honoring the word. It's a blessing to be in the house of the Lord with you. Uh, I'm so thankful that uh, that we are the family of God. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Uh, and um, we need each other now like never before. But uh, we're going to break down the fullness uh, next week about what Jesus just said here. But we're going to I wanted to read that because we see that uh, the disciples, they were, as we covered uh, three weeks ago, they're so uh, impressed with the prayer life of Jesus that he had with the father that they they wanted that very same thing. And then uh, as as they asked him this question, they said, I, we want you to be our teacher, our our, our guide. And, and show us how you pray. And, and so he laid them out some words here and he laid them out a pattern for prayer. And, and we'll look at that next week. But I want you to know that the, the pattern that he laid out here, it comes in and from the word of God. And so you and I need to be in the place in the position this morning that we need to let the Holy Spirit inspire uh, everything that you pray, inspire everything I pray. If we're not careful, sometimes we'll get into trouble. We get into tribulation, we get into struggles and all those things, and those things drive our prayers. And, uh, and you and I, we need to draw nigh unto God when trouble comes, and, but we need to draw nigh unto God when peace is there too. Draw nigh unto Him in the good times as well as the bad times, but we don't ever want to pray from the uh, position of fear, the position of where we, we think that, uh, uh, if, if God didn't move, that everything's going to fall apart because God's done moved. Uh, he, he's done done what you and I need, and so we need to have that in our heart and have that to guide us and direct us. So uh, bear with me as we get to where we're going. Go with me to, to 1 John chapter 5, and I, I want to document uh, the, the reality of praying the Word of God and your confidence and my confidence at what we can hold on to and see things answered. In uh, 1 John chapter 5, let's read uh, uh, 13, 14, and 15. 1 John chapter 5, verse number 13. If you're there, say amen. These things have I written unto you uh, that believe on the name of the Son of God. How many believers we got here tonight or this morning? Come on, we're, we're believers, right? And so you don't believe just in anything, but you believe on the name. 
You believe in that name above all of the names, the name of Jesus. Amen. He's your source. He's, and so, uh, that name, you see how it delivered you from, uh, the bondage of sin, how it d- delivered you from death. And so that name's the name above all of the names in your life and in my life. And, and, and so he says, these things I've written in you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Now notice what he says, verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him. We do, you know, thank God that we've got confidence in each other, uh, to a certain extent. Uh, but even if I let you down, that has nothing to do with your relationship with God. Come on, you can't, you don't base anything about your salvation on some man will let you down. Come on, we don't mean to, we don't want to, uh, but uh, your confidence is in the one who has never failed. The Bible says not one of his words ever went to the ground. Amen. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, that he hears us. And we know that uh, Jesus said, I come to to reveal the love of the father. I come to reveal the will of the father for God is not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance, right? Come to have a born again experience, have a new life in Christ. And so uh, Jesus is the will of the Father and Jesus is the word. So God's word is God's will, right? And that's what, so he, so we have this confidence that if we, that whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions in verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So you and I need to step back. If we've been praying about some things and, and we've been using that name of Jesus and those things haven't come to pass, we need to examine our motives But then we also need to examine the time of God. I'm talking about by the spirit. But then we need to come back and examine and see if we're praying the will of God, the word of God, or if we're praying out of our hurt, out of our heartache, out of our misunderstanding, out of the attack. Because when I pray out of those things, I'm not praying the word of God. I'm in a place if I'm not careful. I'm in the beg mode. Come on, you're you're not supposed to be. I'm not supposed to be in the beg mode because God doesn't want you and I to be a beggar. He wants us to realize that we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Amen. You're blood bought, blood washed. You you have a a relationship, a fellowship with with God through Jesus by the Spirit. And he wants you just to rest in that reality. So I need to step back and I need to say, okay, here's the word. The word is, if I pray the will of God, the will of God is the word of God, then he hears me. And if he hears me, I have this assurance. Now, it may not be in my time frame. Because sometimes, you know, I, I want things quicker than than what's best. God knows what's best. And a lot of times you and I, we're not just praying for ourselves. We're praying for family or we're praying for our nation. Come on, we're praying for repentance. We're praying for all of these things. Well, if it's just me and God, then God can correct me in love and I can get immediately what he would have for me if I'm in that time frame. But when we start involving other people, God will not push his will on anybody else. He gives them free will. He gives you free will. And so when we're praying for other people, don't be discouraged if time is going by. Don't think that God's not hearing you or your prayer's not working. Just come back and say, now, wait a minute, I'm not going to pray out of the, out of fear. I'm not going to pray out of the, the struggle, but I'm going to pray the word of God. I'm going to start speaking it over, uh, my family, my, 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 my brothers and sisters in the Lord, my nation. And, and when you and I get in that place, things happen. Amen. Yeah. All right. 
So with that being said, let's go to the book of Isaiah. And I want you to, uh, to let's use this as a pattern of prayer that we need to pray right now over us, over our, our loved ones, over our nation. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 54. And uh, Isaiah 54, even though it's in the Old Testament, it's written to the church, okay? And so when you study this out, Isaiah 54 could not take place, uh, even though it's in the Old Testament, it is a prophetic voice of what was going to happen to the church, say I'm the church, in the New Testament. And uh, so uh, it's, it's uh, the Word of God is always on at least three levels. Okay, and it's always written more than just the one person. Yes, Isaiah here is speaking to Israel, but at the same time, uh, he was speaking to them in a limited knowledge and understanding because it's without Christ. And so now he's speaking to the new Israel. He's speaking to the church. And so that's why you and I can apply it in our lives this morning. So I want you to just start in verse number one, and we're going to look at how we need to start praying some things over our life from the Word of God. In Isaiah 54, 1, it says, Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing, and cry aloud, thou that did not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Now, so let's just, let's look at this in a spiritual sense this morning. You and I were believing the Lord for some things, all right? Well, and the devil's trying to tell you and I because God hasn't answered prayers that were barren in some areas, that, that we're not going to receive what God would have for us, that you, you've been standing on the promises of God. But because this is written to the church and this is talking about a harvest of souls, this is, this is talking about the last day harvest. Well, you and I, we're in the last of the last days and we don't need to be in the place where we think that nobody's going to be uh, brought out. They are. Come on. Uh, we're going to see people saved. We're going to see amazing things happen. And we need to be in that place where we're, we're speaking this word. And, and so uh, say like that you've got family that's lost and undone. You've got friends. You've got neighbors or whatever. And instead of uh, crying out your heart uh, in fear, start speaking this verse over them. And start saying, I, I, I believe that they're going to come out. They're not going to be barren. They're going to have Jesus in their life. I, I believe because I understand that there was a, uh, Israel was in a place where they were married to God and Jeremiah tells us he had to divorce them. But you and I, we've been, uh, we've been brought back in because of their, their rejection. Now you and I, we've been grafted in. Amen. And so we're in the place where we can rejoice. Now, God's not going to forget Israel. We're not, we're not, we know what the scripture says. That's going to all work itself out. But you and I, instead of saying, Oh, my whole nation's going to hell, you and I need to start doing what it says. Sing. There, there's barren people around me. There's people who are lost and undone. But I believe my Jesus can save them. He can reach them where they're at. He can open up their heart. He can open up blind eyes. He, he, he's a God that's more than enough. He can do it. And, and look what he says in verse number two. He says, enlarge the place of thy tent. So uh, th- this morning, in the name of Jesus, you and I need to say to the Lord, Lord, uh, I'm going to start with my own life. I've got barren areas in my life. 
But I'm going to sing by faith. I'm going to sing that, that, that you said, you promised me that if, that your words could abide in me and I could abide in them and I could ask what I will and they shall be done unto me. So I, I, I'm going to start saying, yes, there's barren areas in my life, but I'm going to come alive in those areas in Jesus name. I'm going to enlarge my tent. God, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to build it. I, I'm going to do what you would have me to do. If you say for me to build a word of peace, I'm going to start speaking peace where there's turmoil. And, and all of these things, if there's a place where there's fear, I'm going to start talking faith and I'm going to start enlarging my tent. He said, enlarge the place of that tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy uh, stakes. So you and I have got to believe that we've got a message to take into a lost and dying world. And that message is the message of salvation, the message of deliverance, the message of victory, the message of healing, all of these things. And so... Uh, we see a lot of people who are turning in and we see a lot of churches who are turning in. And, and right now we're, we're, we're you know, the, the devil wants to make us question God. But you and I, we don't need to turn in as a church. We need to turn out. Well, we, we need to say, Lord, how can we enlarge what you're calling us to do? What's the, what's the ministry plan for this community? How can we be used by you to reach this community? And we start praying this word. We start speaking this word over this community and say, uh, those who are barren, they're going to come to Jesus. Those who are lost and undone, they're going to find salvation. We're, we, we start praying that word. And when we do, it makes the impossible possible. Amen? Okay, I just wanted to throw that in just for a minute. Now drop down with me if you would uh, to where I really want us to get into. Drop down to verse 13. And this is how you and I can pray. This is what I pray over you all the time. I, I, I pray it over you, over your family. And and, uh, and I believe that, that it's, it's slowly uh, as we're growing. Uh, because the, it don't matter how slow we grow, the stronger we are. Even the slow grow trees are the strongest. Amen. So we're growing, and I believe it's changing us. Now look what he says in verse thirteen. He said, "And all thy children." Now, if you got your Bible or your Bible up, highlight that. He he didn't say some of them, not the favored, not the best ones, not the prettiest ones. He said all. See, the devil, he wants to make us pick and choose. Well, I, this person's going to make it, but oh, I don't know. That one's a little iffy. Did God say that? And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. So this is what you and I got to do. We got. I, I, I speak this, like I said, over my own family. I speak it over you. I, I, I say, Lord, I thank you that you sent the Holy Spirit. The teacher and the guide, and, and you're teaching, uh, you're teaching me, you're teaching my spouse, you're, you're, you're teaching my children, you're teaching my grandchildren, but you're teaching my brothers and sisters in the Lord. You, you, you're talking to them, you're walking with them, you're calling them by name, and you're ordering every step, and you're revealing your will and your plan in their life. See, in other words, this is what we are to do to change people's lives instead of getting down and say, "Oh God, they've done it again." The devil's got them all messed up. They're in hate. They're in anger. They're in division. God knows all that. He don't need to hear that. He needs to hear you and I saying what the word says. And if we'll pray what the word says, then we're going to have what the word says. Amen. Amen. So we say, and all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. Now, hold your place right here and just turn over to the 50th chapter. We're coming right back, but I want to, I want to, I want the Holy Spirit to be able to teach you and I something. Look in Isaiah chapter 50. Verse number four. 
And I, I want you to hold on that part about uh, being taught by the Lord, being instructed by the Lord. It's, now this is a prophetic of Jesus, these uh, verses in this 50th chapter. But it says, the Lord have given me the tongue of the learned. Now, th- this is the same word over here. Uh, and all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. It's the same uh, word. It's Lamad. And, and it means to be instructed. It means to be discipled. But I love this. It means to be used. See, my life never meant anything until God started using me. That's all of a sudden I started finding my purpose. I started finding uh, the realization of what this life was all about. I started understanding that it was more than just this X number of years in the flesh, but it was things that I could do that you could do that we could take to heaven with us, to the eternity with us. Amen. And, and so he says, the Lord hath given me the tongue of the learned. So this is what you and I have got to say, because so many times I talk to people and they say, I don't know what to say to somebody. Okay, we keep making that prophetic voice, that utterance. Guess what? Come on, we're praying in the negative. And we're talking about our Father which art in heaven. We're talking about realizing our source. Amen. Jesus said, pray to God as your Father. Come on. And and be in that place, in that position where you're decreeing, you're speaking the Word of God. So we don't say, I don't know what to say. We say, Lord, I thank you today, this day, every day, you've gave me the tongue of the learned. Because this is prophetic of Jesus. And if it's prophetic of Jesus, Jesus said, you go and do what I do. He said, the works that I do, you shall do. Amen. So this is a word that we're to pray. Instead of praying out of the negative or praying out of fear, we just make a bold decree of the word of God and say, the Lord has given me the tongue of the learned. In other words, my tongue, it's being discipled by Jesus. My tongue is being instructed by Jesus. I've got an instructor from heaven. You've got an instructor from heaven. Amen. And he there's a, he instructs me, then he uses me. So when you step out in faith and you say what God would have you to say, you have more freedom, you have more liberty, you're developing that intimacy with the Lord, that relationship, and your prayer life is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. Claim it. Claim it in the name of Jesus. When you get up, you say, Lord, I thank you that I'm going to know what to say to that person who is at the point of falling down. They're at the point of taking their last step, but I'm going to know what to say to them. Or if I don't get to be with them in person, I'm going to know what to pray over them in the spirit because it doesn't matter in the spirit. There's no distance. Come on. Uh, there's been times when I haven't been around y'all, but I, I, I felt your strength by your prayers. Yeah, I haven't been around y'all, but I pray that y'all felt Strength come to you because of, of, of our prayers. Amen. Because we can strengthen one another. And, and so we need to be in that place and where we're, uh, when, when I go in my prayer closet and I pray for each one of you, I'm trusting the Lord to give me a word that will give you the answer to what you're dealing with that day, to that struggle, to that problem, or to that question, whatever it might be in Jesus name. Amen. And, and so you've got to have that confidence. You've got to believe that. And so when you pray that, it changes everything. Look what he says. He wakeneth morning by morning, he awakeneth my ear to hear as the learned, as the instructed, as the disciple, as the used one. You've got to say it. You've got to tell the devil, I know what the Bible says. Because the devil will say to you, oh, you can't hear from God. There's too much 
distraction. There's too much things happening in your life. Uh, you, you can hear sometimes, no, morning by morning. Can God lie? No. So we've got to start saying what the Bible says where we'll have what the Bible says for us. Amen. All right. Now, notice what it says in verse 5. The Lord hath, what tense is that? Come on. He hath opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. So you and I, we've got an opportunity to either listen to God and do what God says, to believe Him, take Him in His Word or not. So we, we got to say, no, I'm going to, I'm going to listen to the Lord. Amen. I'm going to say what God says. And so in the name of Jesus, you and I, we need to be praying for our nation that their, their, their heart be open, that their eyes be open, that they come to a place of repentance, that they see that they're being, uh, led astray and, and that they would come into that place of a relationship with God the Father through Jesus by the Spirit. It can happen. Yes. Come on, God's still a mighty God. I don't care how hard somebody's heart is. He can still grab them. He can open up their eyes and he can fill that heart with love. Amen. So you trust in it. You believe in it. Come on. I know that some of you, you, you you've been dealing with some situations with family. You, 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 you love them so dearly, but there's a separation there. There's a blockage there. Start speaking this over their life. So Lord, I thank you that you're opening their ear. I, I, I thank you. And when you start doing that, oh my gosh, that you're not in the place of fear, but you're in the place of faith. You, you're, you're saying what God would have. Okay, go back to, to uh, 54 and, and let, let's learn how to apply uh, just uh, three things out of, out of these last few verses of Scripture. Uh, back to verse 13, Isaiah 54, 13. And just put your marker here because we'll be going back and forth. He said, and all thy children shall be taught, shall be instructed, discipled, and used of the Lord. Now notice this. Great shall be the peace of thy children. Now this word great is a Hebrew word. I love it. It means to be abundant in quantity and abundant in quality. You realize that that our children, this has never been an age like we've seen before, that there's more children uh, on medication than ever before because anxiety issues, because of all sorts of situations that's happening in our school. The biggest thing I had to worry about in school uh, was this bully or that bully. I thought that was bad enough. But now they've got, they're being, our children are being attacked on all sides. And those that used to could, that they could take comfort and consolation in, now they can't even trust them. So we, how much more do you and I need to be speaking this over our children? So, uh, there, there's children that, that are on sleeping medication. That breaks my heart. So we've got to speak this verse over their life. Great. They have, they have the perfect quantity and the perfect quality of peace. So you and I need to be in the place and the position that our faith is being built, that we can live in peace. And whatever you live in, you can give out. Come on, you're a temple, you're a, you're a vessel, you're a source. So whatever you receive from God, because the Bible says where more is given, more is required. All the requirement is that you and I freely, he said freely you have Wow, I can give peace. Yes, I can. You can give peace. So he said, and all thy children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of thy children. This is how we pray it out. So uh, uh, 
you know the word, the Hebrew word is shalom. It means safety. I mean, the word is all encompassing. It means safety. It means deliverance. It means protection. It means to be at perfect ease. I don't know about you, but I, I want that at a deeper level, don't you? So let's figure out how we get it. Hold your place there and go with me to Psalms 4 and 8. And, and I, I want you to imagine in your spirit this morning how you can lay down in peace. Amen. Psalms 4 and 8. Look what the Word of God says. The last verse of chapter 4. Uh, the psalmist says, I will both lay me down. Look what the Word says. Mark it down in your Bible. In peace. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, only makest me to dwell, to live in safety, that place of refuge. So you and I, we've got to see that we're either going to be in uh, fear or in faith. And if we're in faith, we're going to be in the place where we can be in peace. So he has peace for you. I don't know how many people that you and I that we talk to and deal with, the, 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 the peace is eluding them. They're in a battle. The, the devil is, he is, he's bringing all sorts of things to their mind. He's orchestrating situations and circumstances. And so we've got to tell them, hey, you, God doesn't want you just to have peace. He wants you to live in peace. Amen. And, and, and it's available right now. All right. So what we got to do is find the person who's dealing with and struggling with that situation and we got to help them. So go with me to the New Testament. Let's see how it all come available. And still hold your place in Isaiah, but we'll be back. But look at the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter two. This is where the uh, the shepherds are there uh, taking care of the flock. And, and, and look what it says, starting in verse 10, Luke two, two chapter uh, chapter 2, verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. See, everywhere God's involved in, that's always the first words out of, out of an angel or out of the mouth of Jesus. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ, Christos, the anointed one, the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, notice what they were saying. This is why we came here. Verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth what? Peace, good will toward men. So the moment that Jesus come, that he was born on earth, you and I had access to peace. I believe Jesus was born of a virgin, don't you? By the Holy Spirit, without sin, he lived and he, and he become the perfect blood sacrifice for our salvation. Come on. And so you believe that, I believe that. So the moment that the angels spoke out, they, they spoke out the word of God, which was the Will of God. And the will of God was for people to have peace. So uh, when you see somebody who's in torment, come on, everywhere we go, I tell you, you, you walk into Walmart and, and, and you can just feel the vexation. 
You, you feel people who are struggling, who are hurting. They're, they're, they're under, uh, under attack by the enemy. And, and, and so you've got to realize that when you walk down there beside them, that you're carrying Jesus. You're carrying, the Bible says that, that, uh, Jesus in, um, Matthew 9, um, Isaiah 9, 6, that he's the prince of peace. Well, he's on the throne of your heart and you're in peace and peace is with you and peace is leading. So you can bring that peace. So when you're walking by there and you feel that vexation, say in the name of Jesus, let them feel and understand the Prince of Peace. Come on, I speak peace over their life. Let let their mind become clear right now while I'm in their presence. But it's not me, but it's the one I'm carrying. Amen. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so when you and I start doing it, it changes everything. Amen. Okay, go with me to uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Now, some of y'all... Uh, May uh, may not been dealing with situations, but for those who are you're in a place where you're battling for peace, this is very important for you this morning, because God wants to bless you and He wants to help you. Uh, look at two thirteen, Ephesians two thirteen. But now in Christ Jesus, how many is in Christ? Amen. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh or near by the blood of Christ. We read that to understand verse 14. For he, who is he? Jesus Christ. For he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Verse 15. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity even the law of the commandments contained in ordinance for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making what? Peace. Glory. So this morning, uh, you and I, we've got to realize that there is a spirit of division that is moving across the world like never before. It's setting everything up for the time of the Antichrist and all of these situations. We're looking the, at the at the timing of the fulfillment of all things. I believe that with all of my heart. Uh, we've got to realize that, that, that time is short, whether you and I go by the way of the air or by the way of grave. Time is short, and so we've got to be about our Father's business. And, and, and so what's the Father's business? To tell everybody they don't have to be in turmoil. To pray the word over them. So so what we do is we say, Jesus, you're my peace. My peace is not how much money I got in the bank. My peace is not how much food I got in the cupboard. Well, thank God for finances. Thank God for food. All of those things. It's not the clothes I wear. It's not the car I drive. Jesus is my peace. My peace is not in the government. Come on. But, uh, my peace is in Jesus Christ. I, 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 I have forgiveness. I have a relationship with God the Father because of Jesus. Amen. So you start speaking that over. And, and so right now, I encourage you, the, you that have trouble with your family or, or maybe a, a neighbor or, or a co-worker or whatever, where there's a division there and there's, there's problems, start speaking this first and say, my Jesus, he's my peace. But he come that he would break down the the wall of partition that separated me from people. See, that's so much better than getting down here. Oh God, if I have to work with this person more and more day, I'm going to kill him. Now, how did that help us? 
That was a waste of breath, a waste of time. And then it gave the devil an opportunity. Oh, I've really got him tore up here. And I've got him even speaking death. So what does he do? He ups the ante. He speaks to it. So you know, you and I would come back and we go, oh, I thank God. Right now, in the name of Jesus, me and my brother, we have no wall between us. You lying devil who's trying to divide and destroy. You are defeated because Jesus Christ is my peace. He's broke down that wall of separation. He's the one that is bringing us together by the power of the love of God being revealed. For God so what? He so loved the world. He loved me. He loved my brother. He loved this separation. Come on, in the name of Jesus, God demonstrated his love toward us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Christ died for that person that's coming against you in the name of Jesus. And that wall can be tore down. Amen. We've got to stand up and we've got to speak the word of God over every situation. That's your victory. Okay. Now, go with me to uh, First Peter. Let's look at a... We would look at more, but... Um, brother, I'm put Colossians three fifteen before we're we'll going to First Peter three and eleven. But put Colossians three fifteen up there. See, see, we've got peace, but we've got to let it take precedence in our life. It says, "And let the peace of God rule in your hearts." This word "rule" is where we get our word for umpire. You remember what game was it? The pitcher for the, uh, in the major leagues there for the Detroit Tigers. He he, he threw a, a no hitter, and the last pitch he threw, and the and they they knocked a little weak grounder out there. I wish I could remember the story. I don't remember the story, but it knocked a little weak grounder out there, and the uh, the uh, the infielder picked up the ball and threw it to first base. He was out by this much, and the umpire said he was safe. Everybody in the stands, everybody on television knew he was not safe, that it was a perfect no-hit game. But the umpire had the final say. And let the peace, who's the peace of God? Jesus. See, the devil says you can have peace. Because you don't have perfect health. You can't have peace because you don't have perfect finances. You can't have peace because of this is happening and that's happening. No. Let the peace of God rule umpire in your hearts to the which also you're called into one body and be ye thankful. Lord, I'm thankful that I have the peace of God. I'm not searching for the peace of God. I'm not looking for the peace of God. I have the peace of God. I have peace in this relationship. I have peace in this situation. I'm not going to let the devil convince me that that division is going to keep growing larger and larger. No, the Spirit of God is going to bring the gap together in Jesus' name. Amen? All right. First Peter 3 and 11. You've got to apply this. I've got to apply this. He said, uh, if you want, if you want to have a good life, how many wants a good life? I do. We, we've got to learn how to keep our tongue from talking evil. And, and, uh, and here's what he says. Evil just simply means the things that's not of God. He said, and let him eschew evil, verse 11, and do good. And let him what? Seek peace and ensue it. 
So if you want a good life, and I know that you do and I do, we, we've got to seek peace. This word seek means to worship. So let's put that in perspective. If I'm not worshiping the peace of God, I'm worshiping the problem of the devil. See, there's only, there's only two sources in every situation. So I don't want to worship the devil. I don't want to give power to him in the problem. I want to worship the Lord. Amen. So I need to seek peace. So I, I, that's how I let that peace of God rule in my heart is that I worship the Lord. I, I, I don't sit down here and say, I used to say, oh man, they hate me. And this, this is getting worse and worse and worse, no matter what I do. What did I sit in motion? I come in agreement with my feelings. And my feelings were being led by the devil rather than the Holy Spirit. Because would God say that? Think about what God was. God would have looked down when uh, when Genesis chapter 6, when everything was going haywire. And he would have said, well, I tried. But they're just gonna, all going to have to go to hell. No, he looked down and he gave Noah grace. And Noah found grace in the eyes of God. And guess what? He had a new start. We had, had a, a new opportunity in the earth. Well, how much more can the grace of God do what Jesus can only do in our life? Okay. All right. Enough of that. Let's go to the righteousness part. Go back to Isaiah. Because you and I, we need to understand and speak it over our family and friends that our righteousness is not of ourselves, but it's of Jesus. Look at verse 14. Isaiah fifty four fourteen in righteousness thou shalt be established. All right. So now I want you to get this in your heart this morning. That means that because you have believed in the heart and confessed with the mouth, that you have come in right standing with God, and that right standing with God is what establishes you. In other words, that's what's building your life. You're building now your life on the righteousness of God. So I've got to start saying that. I've got to say, okay, my life is being established. My life is not falling apart. My marriage is strong. My relationship with my children, my grandchildren, my relationship with my neighbor, my co-workers, they are strong because everything is established in righteousness. We start speaking this truth, this reality. He said, In righteousness thou shalt be established, thou shalt be far from oppression, and thou shalt not fear from terror, for it shall not come near thee. So, understand what happens in your life and my life. See, Peter tells us that you and I are, are to add faith to faith. In other words, faith comes by hearing, Romans ten seventeen, hearing by the word of God. All right. So the more you hear the word of God, the more you're adding faith to faith. But notice what happens here. If you're not, uh, if you don't know who you are, if you don't know who, who paid the price for you, then fear starts working in your life. And as fear works, it adds more fear, more fear, and then it adds what? Terror. And this word terror is so strong, we don't get it in the English, but from the Hebrew, it means that it brings your whole life to ruin. Because who is fear? The devil. He's death. He's fear. He's terror. He's the terror of the night. And so if you and I yield to him, if we hear him, he's going to bring our whole life to ruin. 
So we've got to stop these things and we're going to say, now, wait a minute, I'm not going to be dominated by fear because I know fear is slowly taking me down a treacherous path. So I speak the word of God. I say, no, I am created anew in righteousness. And you, you say it over your life, over your family's life. We are created anew in righteousness. You believe that? Come on. Brother Ryan, put Second Corinthians 5.21 up there. Because you've got to see who you are and, and, and you've got to uh, stand on that reality. Now look at this. For he who hath made him, God made Jesus. God made Jesus to be sin for us. Now think about that. Jesus was sinless, holy, righteous. But he looked at my life and he seen that I needed a Savior. And so Jesus looked at my first sin. He looked at my last sin. He looked at every sin in between. And he said, Father, I will become that sin that they may be forgiven, that that I may be forgiven. That's love. So God's not looking to judge you. See, the devil wants to get you in a place where you're always trying to be accepted. No, the Bible says when you accept Jesus, you're accepted to God in the beloved. Right, Brother Larry? We're studying it on Wednesday night in the book of Ephesians. Accepted means I'm there. You're there. It's written down. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made what? You're just as righteous right now as you're going to be in your spirit at the sounding of the trumpet. The only difference is going to be you and I are going to put off this, paint yourself, you're going to put off this flesh body and you're going to put on a brand new glorified body and all those things that's limiting you are going to be gone. Amen? But you're you're righteous because God said you was. So when the devil comes to you and go, well, I don't think you qualify for this. You better not get too close to God because you thought this thought. Where did the the thought come from? Come from the devil. And and so you've got to do the very same thing. You've got to help people around you to see that, that if they've accepted Jesus, they're righteous. Made the righteousness of God in him. So if you're in Christ, you are, I am righteous. Amen. All right, look at, um, Brother Ryan, put Romans 5.18 up there. Therefore, as by the offense or the sin of of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, that's Jesus, the other is Adam, the, uh, the first Adam, Righteousness of the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. It's by Jesus. So you're righteous. You've been justified. So live like you're justified. And speak that. Speak that over yourself. Speak that over your family. I have been justified. The word justified means it's just as if you never sinned. Because when God looks at you... He doesn't look at what all the devil tries to show you or all those things that we have in our mind. He looks and he sees the blood. See, now the blood talks for you. 
Can you imagine that in heaven right now, uh, there's a, there's a war going on because we know the devil is there. He's having to, trying to hold you and I in court. But we, first John two tells us verse one that we've got an advocate. Jesus is our lawyer. So what happens? The blood of Jesus talks for you. Every time the devil tries to condemn you, Jesus blood says, I've got that covered. I've got that covered. No fear. And, and so, now don't get mad at me, but if you're walking in that reality that your sins have been covered and you're free, we don't need to be judging our brothers and sisters. Amen. Who am I? Jesus said in John seven twenty four, he said that you and I are not to judge according to appearance, but we're to judge righteous judgment. Righteous judgment means that you look at the heart. Well, see, I can't see your heart unless the Holy Spirit gives me discerning the spirits. But if he does, then I can. And I can I, I can be encouraged by you or I can be used by God to help you. Or you can be encouraged by me or you can be used by God to help me. Amen. What a blessing. Okay. Back to Isaiah. I'm going to let you go. I'll read you one more thought here. And back and let's drop down to verse 17. You've got to pray this over your life. You've got to speak it because right now there is a battle like we've never seen before. There, there, there's a battle for truth. There's a battle for uh, for for just unity uh, and all of these things. And the only way that you and I are going to overcome is by the Word of God. Look what it says, Isaiah fifty four seventeen. Now you've got to speak it out of your own mouth. No weapon. Now this this weapon means an apparatus that has been built just. For you. The devil looks at your life. The devil looks at my life. He listens to our speech. And if we talk fear and doubt and unbelief, then all of a sudden that opens up his arsenal and he builds that apparatus, that weapon. He builds to attack you in that place that you're at. And he just keeps beating against the wall. He keeps beating against your heart. He keeps beating against the defense that is in your life, trying to bring it down. So no weapon. You've got to say whatever pressure you're dealing with. Like I don't know this morning. I mean, uh, time I got up at uh, uh, four o'clock, uh, here come the devil. I mean, just beating because trying to stop uh, what God wanted to do in this service. And um, so you and I, we've got to stand in that place and we've got to say, now, wait a minute. God said no weapon. No weapon, what, uh, that is formed against thee shall prosper. You say, well, now, Greg, I, I, I read that, but things prosper in my life. So we need to figure out why the devil gains ground and how to stop it. Amen? So no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. You've got that promise. All right, so... Notice the word formed there. It says, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper and every tongue shall rise against thee in judgment. Thou shalt condemn. So we've got to learn that we've got to stop these things by our speech. By saying what God says. But this word formed, now this is where you need to get real excited because if, if th- this is a, a revelation by the Spirit of God that will empower you like never before. 
So the devil's looking at your life. He's examining everything about you. And he's forming these weapons for where you're at in your faith life, where you're at in, in the, in the level of, uh, if fear's coming against you, if, if your speech is contrary to the word of God, and he, he's building this. This, this word formed is the same word in the Hebrew. Remember what Isaiah 64, 8 says that, that you and I have a God that is our father, but he's also our potter. He formed you. He shaped you. He molded you. So right here, no weapon formed against you and I shall prosper when we do some things. So here's what the, the devil's looking at you. All he can see is your flesh body. And so he knows what... Uh, what sin I was involved in. He knows uh, how I was discouraged in certain areas, how my weak areas, all those things. And so he forms weapons according to what he sees in the natural. And he shapes that and he molds it according to, to those things on the outside. So no weapon shall uh, prosper against me when I, what? When I start walking in the new man. See, the devil doesn't understand salvation. He doesn't understand that you and I being born again. And so when we put off the old man and we put on the new man, everything changes. Now, go with me and close this to Ephesians 4, but I want you to let me read this one more time. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. You've got to condemn what the devil's trying to do. I've got to condemn. This is the heritage. This is your inheritance of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness, come on, is of me, saith the Lord. So, uh, go with me to Ephesians 4. Let's see how we can put this verse into practice in closing. I'll let you go after these verses, I promise. But I want you to be encouraged to how you can apply this. Uh, so if the devil is just working out of what he can see, you and I, we, we see by the eyes of faith. And, and when we see by the eyes of faith, then we're seeing heaven brought to earth. We're seeing the things that he, the devil can't see and understand. And so when he starts shaping and molding some things on you, you got to condemn what he's doing. You're going to say, no devil, that doesn't apply to me anymore. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man, any woman, any boy and girl is in Christ, they are a new creature, a brand new creation. Old things are passed away. All right. Now look what it says in closing. Ephesians 4, uh, 21. If so be that you have heard him, how many's heard Jesus, and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, what happens? Verse 22, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the former behavior, the old behavior. Uh, you put off the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So, when you and I, when we start taking in the word of God, that's our heritage, that's our inheritance. And we start speaking out what God says, all of a sudden, everything the devil has formed against you, it can't prosper, it can't push forward because it doesn't fit you. Because that word formed, it means to, to shape into a mold. All right. So if you realize that you're a new creature in Christ and you've got a new mold, when the devil goes to put those things on you, it don't fit. Tell the devil, say, it don't fit. 
That lie don't fit no more. That, uh, that, that deception don't fit anymore. That heartache don't fit anymore. That discouragement don't fit anymore. Tell him that. That's the truth. And now look, look what happens. Verse 24. And that you put on the new man which after God is created in, there's that word again, in righteousness and true holiness. So when the devil starts on that again, he's, I don't know about you, maybe this is just for me, but he's all the time trying to get me to look back to the past. But I've got to tell him, no, that's not who I am. My past is in the past and it's swallowed up in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. My my future is in Christ Jesus right now. And, and so all of a sudden, those things that used to trip you up, tell the devil, say, huh, no more in Jesus name, because that doesn't fit me. I, I'm not going to submit to that. I'm not going to yield to that. And, and, and when you take authority over that, all of a sudden, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. That's how you stop it. See, everybody wants God to do something. God's done done it all. Jesus done it all and he sat down on the right hand of the Father. When the priest sat down, his work was done. So the work of the Lord is done. And so you and I have got to come in that place and position that we believe it, we receive it, we take it in our heart and we start applying it. Amen. See, we've got confused about prayer. I'll give you something funny in closing. in Sunday school, the, uh, the, the, the Sunday school teacher, the lady, she was talking to the little kids, a seven, seven year old class, and she was talking to them about, about praying. And so she come to little Johnny and she asked little Johnny, she said, uh, so do you pray over your meals before you eat? And without missing a beat, he looked up at her and said, no, I don't have to. My mom's a real good cook. <laughs> See, we've turned prayer into just certain little things. I need to pray over my food. Yes, praise God. We need to say grace. We need to be thankful. But prayer is not me getting right down here at the altar alone. Though thank God I can do that. Prayer is every step of my life. Every time I breathe, I, I, I can bring God glory. I can, I can breathe out thankfulness. I can breathe out, uh, a, a, a attitude of, of worship because I, I realize that I'm walking with God. That Paul said, pray without. That's how we do it. Your, 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 your life is a lifestyle of prayer. Amen. So in other words, you're going to battle your success isn't the, the, the five minutes or ten minutes or whatever it is that you're bowed down praying. Your success is in your walk. In your walk speaking out what God says. Amen. And that's how you stop that, that progression. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for this wonderful group of people. Lord, would you just take my inadequacies and my shortcomings and would you just bless it and help them just to receive the fullness of what you have for them this morning? Lord, with all of my heart, Don and I, with everything of our being, Lord, we want them to just to see themselves in the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. We want to see them in that place where they can lay down in peace. This morning, let them come inside the Word, come inside the, the house and the family of God, and not be on the outside looking in, wondering if it's for them. Let them come in and just lay down in that peace and leave here in a new place in you, for you, 
to bring you glory and to bring a lost and dying world hope of something better. Oh, let it be. We ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Would you come this morning and make yourself an altar and say, Lord, here I am. I, I, I want, I, I want to experience this peace like I've never experienced before. I, I want to learn how to speak the word of God over situations and circumstances. I want to learn how to pray. And, and I just want to just steal my heart and let you talk to me. Come on, if you've got any situation in your life this morning uh, that, that you need something from Jesus, he'll give it to you. He'll, he'll speak it to your life. And, and and you don't have to leave here in any turmoil or any questions, but you can leave here just encouraged like never before. We would love to pray with you. We'd love to, to just to hold you up in Jesus' name. We need each other desperately. And I know this has been several things that you've been through this past week, but I want you to know that God's mindful of all of those things and He wants to help you and bless you.